Hey, Emily. Hey, Stephanie. You uh, want to do a podcast? Absolutely. Welcome to Cycle Chats, a podcast to destigmatize what it means to be a woman. This is the special episode, Never Too Passionate, where we talk to a woman who loves to live a radically audacious life and a woman who loves to say heck yes, fellow podcaster Tiffany Kane. Welcome to the podcast, Tiffany. Oh my gosh, that was such a great intro. Thank you. Thank you. And can I just say how fabulous you guys look in your glittery pink cat ears? I love it. Thank you. Thank you. And matching sweatshirts. We didn't And the matching sweatshirts. Yeah, we didn't even do this on purpose tonight. It's just kind of happened. So cute. Well, Tiffany, thank you so much for being here. I'm excited to talk to you again. I feel like our first conversation went so well that this is going to just be another really beautiful conversation and connection with another female podcaster, which I think is so cool and important. So firstly, for anybody who doesn't know, we met Tiffany because she's going to be at PodFest, which we are going to be at in Orlando, Woo! May 26th to the 29th. I'm so, so excited. So exciting. <laughs> yeah, this is going to be our first time and your first time. So it's going to be really exciting to speak in person live at this event. And we just can't wait to meet everybody there because it's I think it's going to be really special. We're all doing what we love by podcasting. So that kind of leads me to my first question of what inspired you to start your podcast? Do you want the long story or the medium version or the... <laughs> do you want it medium rare? Do you want it rare? rare? Do you want it... <laughs> so the short version of the story is I'm in education, right? I've been a teacher for years and years and I got my master's degree and started moving towards administration and moved into the district office and, you know, rocking and rolling and things were going good. And I kind of started losing heart in what I was doing. Like when you're in the classroom, it's like you and the kids and it's pretty awesome when you're in the district office in the admin side, woo, it's a different world, right? And you see things and you hear things and you're just like, oh, oh, okay, this isn't quite who I am. But I got my master's degree and I was on this determined course to move through the ranks and administration. And I applied for a job and didn't get it. And I remember being really frustrated because I was super, super qualified. Like I was the most qualified person for it. In fact, the person that got the position had no experience in the area. And I had over a decade in that particular topic. And I'm thinking, wait, what? So I met with my supervisor and I said, so I just, I just need to understand you know, so I can do better next time. What was it? What happened? And she's like, oh, you interviewed great. Everything was fine. You just are too passionate. You're too passionate, too much of a change maker. So you're just going to have to learn how to dial that back. Cause sometimes your passion can be, you know, kind of hard for people because they're not there. They don't match you. And I was like, what? So I sat, I sat on that and it, I'm not going to lie. It hurt a little bit and came home and I had to think really hard, like, all right, am I going to dim my light and lower my passion and fit in square peg in a round hole? Or am I going to fully embrace my passion and say, okay, then I probably need to go another direction. Cause I'm not going to change who I am. And so then in exploring the other direction, I discovered podcasting and fell in love. And now I've got two podcasts and I'm like 140 episodes in between the two podcasts and I'm teaching people how to podcast. And I have absolutely found a place where my passion is embraced and enjoyed and it's, it's great. So heck yes. <laughs> 
found my place. <laughs> like who does, who says things like that? That's crazy to me. You're too passionate. They want, yes, people oftentimes in these leadership positions, right? Like they want somebody who the, you know, the head honcho can have people who are going to do what they want. There's a place for that. There's a, and you do need that. Like if you constantly have people wanting to change everything, then nothing gets done. Right. But I think you also need change makers. Like you need people to, you need a mix and, and I'm not just a yes person. I'm a very hard worker and I'm very loyal, but I also am a change maker. So yeah, as you should be. And I think that sometimes we need those moments to guide us to where we're meant to be. I know for, I could speak for Emily and I, when we met, we met at a children's theater and I loved what I did and she did too. She's currently a teacher now on the university level, but there were so many pieces of politics that went into it and it became very hard for us to be passionate without being political. And I just, it like got it got uncomfortable because I felt like we were playing a game and attaching a dollar symbol to all of these children. And I get it at the end of the day, it is a business, but I have always felt that if you don't have passion for what you do and you're not putting yourself into it and like pouring in your heart and you're not in love with it, the money is, is it's fleeting. But if you love what you do, you're going to see, well, you might not make a lot in the beginning, but it's going to come back to you twofold because you're going to create consistency. And I think that's, I mean, two podcasts, that's, that's a lot of consistency. That's a lot of hard work and dedication. We're uploading four episodes a week. It's insane. Oh I mean, hello, couldn't be me. No, oh, I do. Emily. We, we do, <laughs> we do six episodes a, a month currently. And I'm like, <laughs> for a week, oh my God, my brain would explode. Cause I just, yeah, I don't know what I would do. I guess there would be no more project runway reruns for me anymore that would be the sad part about that <laughs> that life. would be so sad so I love sad. Project Runway oh my god I know I'm just re-watching all of it and I'm like oh gosh I, I just I love shows that are just about the creative brain I think it, they're so interesting and most of those shows too are like just such uniquely expressive and happy and genuine people that really want to spread love and acceptance. And I think we so need more of that everywhere. And like to tie that into like what Steph and you were talking about, right? Passion and like passion and teaching and then passion in for our case theater, you know, like we came from this environment in our children's theater that we worked at where this woman, like for some reason was very against like the young boys, if they were flamboyant at all, she was very against in theater? it in theater. And we were like, why are you in theater? I have no problem calling this woman out. I will never call her by name, but she knows who she is. It was disgusting. She would pick on people's weight. To some of the things that she would say, she'd withhold our checks. It like, and pick and choose, Emily, if you want to keep this in or not. But like it, it was really to kind of bounce off of the makeup thing. I had to educate her because I'm a makeup artist for over a decade. And I told her, she was like, I don't understand with these boys wearing makeup. And I said, well, men used to wear makeup, a symbol of status. If you look at your history books, men have been wearing makeup for a very long time, you know, and she would- And make, pantyhose and high heels and- uh, Hello, like it's so, it's like- <laughs> Guyliner has been around and it only until, gosh, I mean, I think one of my favorite stories to tell is over in, in the fifties, the reason that makeup artists got paid so much more than hairstylists was because the makeup artists were primarily men mm. where the hairstylists were women mm. wage gap. Oh my 
gosh. So it, it really made me sad that she would, since we're talking about dimming the light and Stephanie and I are clearly so passionate. And I think most podcasters are about what they talk about. So just having somebody say that, right. And dimming your light and what you want to bring to the world and creating that change, I just think is really upsetting because as a change maker, which I, I think we can all proudly say that we all are, that it's really difficult when somebody just wants to stand still. That's one of the hardest things that I deal with as a podcaster. And, you know, I just kind of want to scream at people sometimes. I'm like, why can't you move forward and learn and unlearn the bad behavior and relearn new behavior? It just drives me it yeah I know it's hard because it's, it's really it's, really hard and, and it's, it's scary. scary I know I know all of those things it just drives me crazy I'm like I talk to my students all the time about it I'm like why are you not making bigger waves you can change the world go ahead and do it something I learned in therapy today it's like hard doesn't mean unsafe mm. yep that was a really good reminder for me because I often think not feeling well, in a bad mood, whatever the case may be, I'm not safe. So to unlearn a behavior is hard. A lot of people are going to equate that to be I'm unsafe. But the, the truth is you're never really unsafe. You're just uncomfortable. And learning how to be uncomfortable, but also like acknowledge the emotion and be like, yeah, I'm uncomfortable, but it passes. I have a friend of mine who calls that being comfortable in the uncomfortability. <laughs> Oh my God. I love it. Sweatshirt right now. Comfortable in the uncomfortability. And here's the thing when we're in a creative space, whether it's theater, it's music, it's makeup, it's hair, it's, you know, whatever, any of the arts, any of the creative spaces, that is supposed to be where people can truly be themselves. Whether they have a speech impediment, whether they're overweight, whether they're two spirited, whether they are LGBTQ, whether, you know, what, whatever it is, this is where you get to be who you are because we're in a creative space. And if we can't honor that and acknowledge that, then it's, it's really sad and doing a big disservice. I used to be a drama teacher in elementary school. I had a drama club after school. It was like my volunteer project. And it was really funny how many teachers wanted to keep students out of drama club because they were bad students in class. They were disruptive. They were this or that. And I would say, no, no, no. This is the place where they belong. This is where they get to shine. And this oftentimes for many kids, this is the only place where they get to let themselves out. So it's okay. You know, let me make the decision whether they should be or not. And just one of the most beautiful things that happened was I had a student who was pretty autistic, I mean, like on the spectrum for sure, and had a really difficult time in the class and had no, like his social circle, what there was nothing people like he had a really hard time with social interactions. And we were doing midsummer night stream and he was bottom and he was such a good bottom. I mean, he got into it when it was time to be a donkey. He got into it. He was so good opening night of the show. He got sick. And he wasn't going to be able to make it. And so I was like, well, his understudy is going to need to go on. And all of the students said, no, we are not performing without him. Nobody else can do bottom the way he does. And so I had to call his parents and I say, well, none of the kids are going to perform without him. Is there any way he can make it? And he ended up coming. And I think he was just nervous, but it was such a beautiful testament to me that here's these students that really don't belong anywhere else can find community and belonging in a creative space. If we allow them to find that place. 
anyway, that's my soapbox about creativity. And <laughs> yeah, and it's nice too, right? Because I just learned the word echo chamber. And I, I never want to be that I never want to sit in a room and then everyone just echoes off of each other. But then I started thinking about well, what's the positive flip of that, right? If we're just in an echo chamber of nonsense, then we're all just reiterating this idea that it's nonsense. What's the opposite of that? What is the opposite of an echo chamber? And I'm like, I haven't come up with the word yet, but I'm like, there's gotta be one where, you know, when you sing and it echoes, but it sounds beautiful, there's gotta be something where we all sit together, like as collective minds and say, this is the problem. How do we fix it? So amplifying or something. Yeah. Like the amplifying chamber. I feel like these conversations, having them are amplifying that. And sometimes I watched something recently where this gentleman, he goes on to Skid Row in LA and he interviews all sorts of people. And he was talking about how he's like, you know, I can't save every single person I interview. He's like, but talking about it sometimes that's enough because that message and me educating somebody on what's really happening goes to somebody who can maybe say, I'm going to send this person money, or I'm going to build a foundation, or I'm going to plant the seeds of something to help these individuals. He's like, so we all have our place. We all have our spot. And I, I think I'm going to be honest with you. Not sure if that had anything to do with what you were talking about, but I'm feeling real fired up about this conversation. So I'm just rolling. I just, I cannot stand when somebody's like, dim your passion at that to me, that, that set me off right away. I was like, no, we got to get into this because that just really drives me. We have to lift each other up. And I think that's the, the main overarching theme is that instead of telling somebody, oh, that's silly and reverberating to them, the negative things that they're thinking, that's never going to do anything good, but why not lift them up? Why not say, I understand you're feeling that way, but how about X, Y, and Z give them something to think about and lift them up because that's, that's not dimming their light. You're not agreeing with them. You're saying you're looking at this maybe from a different standpoint. Why not look at it from this angle? Yeah. And it's, I got the train I, back on the tracks. Yeah, Well, so. yeah. Which leads me <laughs> to my next question, right? Of like not conforming to the norms of society and living your truth, what, whatever that may be for, for you and, and being creative and being changers of society. So I know the podcast that you have by yourself is called Radical Audacity. So what does radical audacity mean to you? So for me, radical audacity means that people are, you know, you hear, you hear somebody go, Oh, the audacity. Oh, they can't believe they had the audacity. Audacity often is seen as a very, have a negative connotation, right? But it really is a fairly neutral connotation. It's really just kind of living outside the norm, right? Like having the audacity, having the the chutzpah to do something, right? Like, all right. And so if we can be okay, like with people going, the audacity, we're like, yeah, the audacity, right? I have the audacity to live this life. And radical audacity is that truly embracing it, it, this like no holds barred, no shame, just, yeah, this is how I'm living my life. And when you're living a radically audacious life, often most people don't understand it because most of us live life by the shoulds, you know, and I'm using air quotes and we have these forms we're supposed to fit in. 
you should be a good daughter. You should be a good wife. You should be a good worker. You should be a good mom. And with those shoulds, there are all these rules that go with them that are so black and white and so one size fits all. And that's just not who we are. So if we can find our way to be a good mom that feels really authentic and is not, I have to be the Pinterest mom and the bento box mom and the, the mom that throws the, the, you know, Pinterest perfect birthday parties. And it, that's not me. Like I tried, I tried really hard to be that mom and literally almost killed myself. My health went so I w- it was in such a bad shape. I was in a terrible marriage. I, you know, it's a toxic marriage. And when I left all that and I, I ignored all of the, you should stay together. I mean, even my dad was, why are you taking your kids away from their father? You should stay together. You're going to have a broken home now. And I'm like, they're worse off with us fighting and with this toxic environment they're growing up in, I I'm going to give them happiness, you know? So oftentimes people don't understand the decisions you make when you're living a radically audacious life. That's a very long answer to a short question, but that's what it means. And so like on my podcast, I really reach out to people that are living life differently and that are embracing different aspects. And, and maybe they started out in the shoulds and kind of went, yeah, no, this doesn't work for me and changed it. I love, I mean, I always love our guests and applaud them. Not actually because I, as Stephanie and all of our listeners know, I hate pl- applauds and having to edit them out after. So we're going to silently clap, but I applaud everybody who changes direction in life because it's so hard. It's so hard to get out of the conformity or the conveyor belt. You know, I'm a huge fan of Gilmore Girls and that's like always my favorite image that getting off the conveyor belt that somebody puts you on and saying, no, I want to live differently. I just, I think it's the bravest thing somebody can do is to just live truthfully for themselves and how they want to live. Yes. Absolutely. And you know, it rubs off on our kids. I mean, I was having a conversation with my son the other day, he's 16. And he said to me, you know, mom, I don't know if I ever want to have kids. And my answer back to him was, well, that's a choice you get to make. You get to make that decision because it's your life. And as much as I want grandbabies and, you know, I I love to hold juicy, cuddly, fat babies, I'm not going to guilt you into having a baby just to make me happy because it's your life. And so when we can instill that then into our children of you get to make the decisions in your life that are right for you, and I'm going to fully support you in that. Wow. What freedom are we giving them? Oh yeah. That's a, that's a, I think a tough one. Just women in general face is like, you don't, you don't have a family if you're not married with kids. But I know plenty of people who have a family with their spouse, have a family with their cat. I mean, a girlfriend of ours, shout out to her, is killing it. She just bought herself an RV. She took her cat. She's got, she's like the top of the top at her company. It's work from home. She's traveling around the the States. I mean, but that's her family. Her family is her, her cat, her RV, like that's her family. And, you know, she calls us her family. And that's, that was very touching and quite actually hard when she left. I was like, oh my God. So it just, I wish people would stop guilting women and men. Cause I do think it, it's, it's just young human beings that this is the way your life needs to be, or it doesn't have meaning. It doesn't have purpose. It's not valid because that's, that's just not true. And I think that creates a lot more problems in the long run than to say, well, you have the option because you know what? It could change as you get older and it always does. You're going to set yourself up for failure if you 
keep yourself on this one narrow path because it, it's always going to ebb and flow and change and you're not going to be able to control that. I love that concept. If we can fully embrace that concept that life is going to ebb, flow and change, and you're not going to stay on the same path, then there might be boulders and there might be twists and turns and mountains and valleys. And then how much stress do we not have? Because we realize, oh, okay, things change. I mean, you're going to get wet, but guess what? You're also going to dry off and it might rain. You might get wet. It might not be in the lake. It might not be in the pool. You know, you can dry off in the sun. It might take a little longer. You can dry off with a towel. You know, you could sit in a sauna room. Uh, yeah, there's countless Countless options. ways. Yeah. So there's not one set way and it's always going to shift. Uh, it's just, it's a way easier concept, I think, to talk about and to actually put into practice. Well, and society makes it so difficult, right? Because if you want to live this radical, audacious life, you need money to somewhat support that life. And that's the problem that I, you know, that's my biggest problem with society is like, they just don't want to pay creative people what they're worth. Hollywood people forget about it. If you're in the movies, let's pay you millions of dollars to sit around for five minutes and act fine. But like people that are actually trying to change the trajectory of life, they're like, no, you can go screw yourself and be homeless. I'm like, what is happening? What, what is happening with this world? It's just absolutely insane to me how we treat some people. I just, it literally cannot wrap my brain around it ever. That's why I love to teach because at least then I get to like change my students' perspectives, hopefully, and introduce them to a different thought pattern. And also to add to that, giving them the space to say, I think I'm going to move on from this thing, but that doesn't mean I've failed. In fact, it means I've, I've succeeded at acknowledging that this isn't working for me and I'm going to find my passion elsewhere. Life is going to sucker punch you with hell no. You know, you're going to get punched in the face and kicked in the butt, knocked down with your hell no's all over the place. So how do you just take a step back, take a moment and go, where is the heck yes in this cruddy situation? There's always a heck yes somewhere. And then find that heck yes and go for it. How I get excited. Hear the passion. Do you hear it? Well, I love it. And I, I think what's good about you too, is that you're not, you're, it's not toxic positive. Positivity, right. And I'm a, I'm a real big no, no fan, as I like to call it of toxic positive. Well, just think yourself out of it. And I'm like, eh, it's not that simple. I feel being positive is having compassion for yourself in moments where it's, you're, you're not, you're not thinking right. It's not it's not clicking. You're having a heck no moment, but your heck yes comes from having compassion, understanding. Oh, I love um, that so much. Care for yourself. So I, I really appreciate that. That is, I feel like that's the type of coaching you do. And that to me is very important because, you know, we unfortunately see a lot of pyramid schemey type of things where it's like, you got to hustle and grind and, and you know, and it's like, okay, well, I got to tell you, I recently had a breast cancer scare and a uterine cancer scare literally at the same time. So I just got a hysterectomy because of, of all of that. And thankfully the breast cancer, I'm just kind of on watch, but I was obviously like, that was a really emotionally heavy time. I lost my best friend to breast cancer seven years ago. She was 39 years old and watching her body just get destroyed by this cancer. Like it was the most horrific thing I've ever seen another human being go through. And so a lot of stuff was coming up for me. You know, I'm a mom, I've got kids and, and oh my God, like all of my female body parts are like raging against me right now, like so many emotions coming up. Right. And I was very transparent, like on my podcast, I, I came on one day, just sobbing of, you know, usually I 
I don't do this, but you guys, I just kind of need you right now. And, and just very open and transparent. And most people were really loving and comforting, but I had a couple people with that toxic positivity of just manifest your way out of this. And if you think positive, your body will heal itself and keep those positive thoughts. Cause any negative thoughts, you're just going to hurt your body. And I know they meant well. I know it all came from love, but it felt so bad. It felt like them telling me your feelings are not valid. What you're feeling right now is not valid. You need to get out of it. Step off, get out of it. And I'm like, no, my feelings are very valid. And I know I will work through it. And I know I will get to a place of positivity, whatever, you know, the outcome is I'll be able to work through it. But right now I'm in a deep, dark, swirly hole and I'm, I'm okay with that. Like this is where I'm at. So I will get out of it, but don't tell me to get out of it right now. Cause right now this is just kind of where I'm at. <laughs> and if you choke those feelings down, they come back to you tenfold. It's like when you miss the ball that comes towards you and you're like, ha ha, but it's on a string and it hits you in the back of the head. It's the exact same thing. So it's yes. better to just take it to the face and be like, ow, that hurt and stop the momentum of it. than let it swing and gain more momentum and traction and then knock you unconscious. So, and I know people do mean well when they say those things and it's hard because you just like, have you ever gone through it? Are you dealing with your issues? Like sometimes I worry about those people more than I worry about the ones who actually talk about their issues because the people that don't, I really think are just collecting to the toxic part of the positivity inside of them. And it's going to erupt. You're going to become a big toxic Uzi monster. <laughs> Sounds so scary. I imagine the like the infomercial for it and like just like a cartoon monster. I see a skit in the future, yeah. maybe a new reel oh, or something like I that. Mean, I see this coming. Yeah. I see this happening. Yeah. So first of all, I'm extremely sorry to hear about your friend because that's so upsetting and I can only imagine. So I apologize and know that she's probably out there being like, heck yes to you in the background. Then it kind of leads me to my next question of what your favorite piece of advice you have learned from a guest is. Oh, I've had so many good guests. My favorite advice usually is around the embracing the now and being present in the moment. And when my guests that I really connect with talk about this presence and being in the now, it's a super authentic thing. It's not the toxic positivity. It's the, where are you at right now? Feel it, be there, right? So if you're in the deep, dark, swirly place, okay, that's where you're at right now. We're present, we're there. Now also pay attention who's around you, who can help you, what support can you get? Where, how, how do we work out of that? But this is where you're at and that's okay. It's also- Very touching. When I apologize. <laughs> we were, I'm sorry. That's I'm close to getting my period. I'm not feeling well. I'm bringing you to tears. No, I'm it's so um because we were just talking about this in therapy today, and I was like, like, what are the chances? Anyway, I'm sorry. Continue. <laughs> No, it's okay. It's just being present, you know, present. I had one guest, her episode just came live today. She's like, be present while you're cooking. Like don't rush through cooking, be there, like chop the peppers, listen to the sound, smell them, listen to the sizzle as they're cooking, like be in the moment. And I think those are my, that's my favorite advice. I'm ADHD. I'm very busy. I'm a super mega achiever. And I'm always like, okay, what's the next thing? What's the next thing? Let's go, 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 go. So when I can just in the moment, then that's a real gift. So th that's the advice I always love. It's the reminder I constantly need. And I, I also think I have OCD. And so for me, that's for anybody listening, OCD is an anxiety 
disorder. It's categorized under the anxiety, generalized panic disorder, OCD. So it's part of the anxiety umbrella. And something that I've been taught is very much similar. It's taking a breath, accepting where you are, saying, I'm going to make this sandwich. I'm going to be anxious while I make this sandwich, but I am going to focus on making this sandwich while this plays in the background. And there's something to that because then you start to find yourself almost like it's weird. You start to become very present with the sandwich and it's, and I've done it before where I'm like, I feel like absolute garbage right now, but I'm going to do this thing while I feel this way because I have to. And then I find myself just like singing along to the song and I'm, and I'm like, Oh, I was like, I'm like, I'm actually feeling better because you're showing your body you're safe. When you're present, you're showing your body it's safe to be here. We can just chill right now. We're resting. And I think it's a beautiful thing. And it's really hard in this world. So kudos to you for taking time to do those things because it's not easy when you're constantly having to think of, did I do this? And what's the next thing? And, you know, then some random memory from when you were in third grade pops into your head. You're like, (laughs) I don't have time for this. You know, it's like you write it down. You're like, I'll bring it up in therapy next week. And it's... (laughs) You're just like, I don't know how to deal with all this. So just sometimes chopping the vegetables, making the sandwich, you let all that stuff, like being at a party when you pet an animal and you're like, you're such a good, good animal. And you hear the noise in the background of people screaming, who's playing whatever game, but you're present with that dog. And you're like, you're such a good boy or girl. And that's kind of what it, it feels like. And then eventually all that kind of starts to settle and the dog's just snuggling with you. It's my favorite part of being at a, a party. I don't like anything else, but man, if there's an animal there, uh, count me in. That is always, that's my first question. If somebody invites me to a party, I'm like, is there an animal? Because I don't care for humans. I want the animals. Super duper side note. I'll make it really fast. I love Sphinx hairless cats. They're my favorite. I've wanted one since I was in middle school. I go into this party in college. I walk in and I'm looking around and I'm like, damn, I don't know anybody. I look on the couch and on the ground, there's a really furry cat. Then I look up and licking its paw is a sphinx. And I had never in my life seen one in person. And I just like, (laughs) like, you know, when you see in movies or someone's like, ah, and I like, everything gets dark. And there's just this like halo light around this like thing. And I'm like, is that is that a sphinx? I was like breathless. It like took my breath away. And the girl's like, oh yeah, that's peaches. And I'm like, may I pet peaches? Like, yeah, peaches is a little shy though. And I was like, it's fine. I followed this cat around the entire party. It finally let me hold it. I will never forget it to this day that I just, I just was like, I cannot believe I'm holding a sphinx. It was the greatest moment. Still one of my top five favorite memories. I may have to leave that in. That's super funny. Cause I just, I really imagine you being like, may I hold peaches? Like very, (laughs) they were like, yeah, I mean, go ahead. Like I just, they were laughing at how, like I was gobstruck. People were like, hey, Steph, how are you? And I'm like, is that a Sphinx? Like I could have absolutely cared less about anything else at the party. To get us back on the train. But what I love about what you said, Tiffany, right, is like, being present. That's something that we hear so much as actors, right? And in that world of theater, be present on stage. And sometimes that's so overwhelming. And we spoke to our guest who has her episodes out now, Sarah Gregg, who is like a flow master. And she was like, well, maybe you have to just think about it in a different way instead of being present. Maybe you just have to be in your flow. And ever since that conversation with her, I find it infinitely easier to be like, oh, nope, just need to find my flow. It's like easier for me to swallow that other than saying that I need to be present, which sounds like really scary. And I'm like, oh my gosh, am I present? I don't know. Am I? Here I am here. Yep. Yep. Here I am. But finding your flow is like, 
it's just like a breath. So I love that you said that because it reminded me of, of that conversation, how that kind of changed my perspective on that word and what that whole situation is. Cause I am definitely the one chopping those vegetables. Also like, I gotta get to the chicken. Oh my God. I, I can't like focus on the one thing. And then it's just awful. And I get that from my mom. It's where Emily, she gets real nervous with me. Cause she's like, is that post going to go up? And I'm like, yeah, it's going to go up. It's fine. And you're like, I don't see anything scheduled. I'm like, it's all right. I'm just, I'm doing it manually today. And you're like, okay, I'm letting it happen. I won't, but I have to give you credit. You've been doing really, really good. And like, I'm super proud of you because that shows growth. And I think that's really important. It does. And cause she said it to me that she's proud of me for being on top of my stuff. Cause I have a tendency to be like, oh, I'll wait, you know, and I, you can't do that. So I've been better about it. Anytime, anytime. I'm glad that you, you feel that. I, I feel that I'm like trying not to micromanage or be on top. I'm just like, it's going to happen. It's okay. Emily chop those vegetables. Don't think about that chicken. You know what? That to me is the secret of a good relationship as well. Like a, a romantic relationship is, you know, we tend to mother our men. When are you going to do this? When are you going to do that? What it, when it, what's happening and how are, how are you doing that? And th- you didn't do this yet. And you said you were going to do that and you didn't. And, oh, well, you said you're, so I'm just going to do it because you haven't done it yet. And that destroys relationships absolutely destroys relationships. Men hate to be mothered. Humans hate to be mothered by somebody that is not their mother. We have a hard enough time with our own mothers. So I think that that practice in general, it helps in romantic relationships. It helps in friend relationships, but there's that happy medium as well of communicating. It makes me feel very nervous when I don't know what the plan is to get this done. So if you can just let me know the plan, then I can calm down. Right. And so then there's that communication about it without being on the person. Because oftentimes, if you just say, Well, I'm not going to, I'm not going to bother you, but then you're sitting back there like, When is it happening? When is it happening? Oh my God, I don't know what's happening now. And then you just you're did a great impersonation of me. Well, it's because it's me. Really good impersonation of me waiting for that post to go up. We're twin souls. We're yeah. twin souls. But so. it's, it's funny that you say that because, like, that also therefore leads me to my next question. Cause I think that's probably the biggest growth that has come out of the podcast for Stephanie and I is just like learning how to communicate with one another. And then like also how to communicate better with our partners. I'm in my relationship. We'll be together ooh, six years and married three at the end of April, which is amazing. Tiffany, your face. <laughs> Cause it's weird. Cause I'm like, they just got married. No, like, I know. Month, but that know? was, it was right before the pandemic. So everything is, yeah. Everything's like now, wait, what, how long has it been? I don't know. But yeah, three years crazy, but I'm like, I feel like we communicate so much better. So I take that and I put that in my relationship and we're communicating so much better and I see it. And like, my dad just had this conversation with me the other day and shout out. Cause he's definitely listening. Papa Steve, he just was saying like, he couldn't believe how much growth I've had during this time period. And I was like, it's honestly because of the podcast and it's because of the incredible people that I get to speak to that therefore just like when I'm acting and my favorite part of acting is playing different characters that have different personality traits than I have. Maybe they're more confident or more sexy or more outgoing than I am. And I go, I want to be like that. So I take them and I put them in myself and I'm like, okay, now I'm this. That's great. And they all become a part of me. The same thing goes for podcasting, which is why I think I love it so much because I get to talk to people from so many different paths in life and they just input their knowledge on me. And then I get to go, I want that. 
And then I get to wear that. And it and becomes you get to me. talk about it too. And like, that's been the really cool thing that I've experienced where I'll say, oh yeah, you know, on my podcast, I spoke with this X, Y, and Z. And someone will be like, wow, that's really cool. I've always wanted to do that. I don't know. And you know, it's an empowering feeling to know that you're bridging the divide. And so you're able to learn from other people. And you're also able to learn what you don't want to do because I'm like, ew, I don't like that. And I'll ask Emily, do I do that? And some, and she's always brutally honest and I love her for it. No one in my life friend-wise sugarcoats stuff for me. And I appreciate that because I often seek reassurance. Anxiety. So it, it's really nice to be able to be like, do we do that? Do I do that? We'll voice that concern and she'll be like, but, but she goes, I get where you're coming from, but we do X, Y, and Z. And I'm like, thank you for that. You know, and it's, I think that's the beauty that's come out of it. So I'm, I'm just going to take it over then. Cause I think Emily's question was how has your podcast changed your life? I mean, in ways that were unimaginable to me before. I mean, I can't even list all of the ways. Probably the biggest is I'm leaving my 20-year career in public education. I'm leaving behind retirement. You know, I'll get a little bit of my retirement, but I'm not going to get the full thing. I'm leaving behind that, you know, health insurance and the, the 10 paychecks a year that are never quite enough, but at least, you know, they're coming. I'm leaving it behind. And I've been able to kind of start my own business with my partner. And it's really exciting. It's terrifying. Scared sighted is the word. <laughs> like you're terrified, scared out of your bones, but insanely excited. So that's like a big thing. Another huge way the podcast has changed my life is I have friends now that I never would have had before in walks of life that I never would have partaken in because I've been able to open my horizons. So many of my guests have become dear friends. I have a group of friends that we've all been guests on each other's shows and we're in a mastermind together now because we just love each other so much and we're helping each other with our business. You know, I've had speaking opportunities come up. I've had book opportunities. I've been featured in a book and I got invited to contribute to another book. I'm being featured in a magazine, like so many cool opportunities that never would have come had I said, okay, dear boss, I will dim my light and I will be a yes girl. And I will continue this hour commute each way to sit in a drab office and take lunch the same time as everybody else and do the good soldier thing. And another, none of those things would have happened. So another really cool thing is my partner who has been sound engineer his whole life, vo a voiceover and dialogue editor. He's also a construction. He's been in construction. He's a general contractor. Me getting involved in podcasting has turned him into a passion for podcasting. And so we, we started a business together and it's given him so much freedom. He never truly valued his experience he had before in that editing world. He's edited every major video game out there. His name is on like every game, but he didn't think that was a big deal. And now people are like, um, hello, you're kind of a rock star, you know, and his knowledge is so vast and so amazing. And there's so many people that truly appreciate his knowledge. So it's changed him and it's changed our relationship. I've gotten to see a different side of him. So it's just, I, I can't even begin. That just scratches the surface of the way podcasting has changed my life. That's that, beautiful. Yeah. That makes me happy. That's really <laughs> it's beautiful. So great. Plus the lack of sleep, you know, I mean, you know, naturally. <laughs> well, let's it? see, it's 1130 and I wanted to get the episode up today. So I still have 30 minutes. Let's do this. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. No. 
that's why I enjoy working my call center job because it's basically a monkey could do it. So I'm like, I'll edit this podcast and pretend that I'm getting paid for it while talking to people on the phone. It's pretty great. So we, I think should end it the way I always end. And that's kind of bringing it back to what Stephanie and I always do and what we do with our podcast, which is empowering, educating, and inspiring our listeners and also one another. So what does women empowerment mean to you? Celebrating each other and helping to lift each other up to get rid of this toxic competition between women and realize there is space for every single one of us to be fantastic. And once you're able to truly celebrate another woman and truly celebrate her success and truly help another woman rise, you realize, oh, I'm helping myself as well. And that to me, if, if we can get rid of this stupid competition and stop looking at other women as, oh, I can't trust her. We're in competition. Oh, they like, if we can stop that and we can really celebrate and honor each other, I think the world would be a different place. I think I'm going to get on my patriarchy soapbox here. So it's a, it's a really women being in competition with each other is a great way for patriarchy to control women, right? Because then when women are in our greatest power, when we're connecting, we are such amazing connectors. And if we can get together, we can connect and we can see, and we are so good at seeing the possibility in everybody. And so when we hang out together and like, oh my God, you'd be so great at this and you'd be so great at that. And blah, blah, blah. and we're like helping each other and then boom, everybody's rising. Well, then patriarchy starts falling apart. So, you know, I think that's one of the greatest ways we can smash the patriarchy. <laughs> I, yes. Sign me up. I don't know where the document is. I'll sign it. <laughs> Stephanie will sign it. I know a few people will sign it. My dad will definitely sign it. Because it hurts men too. Patriarchy hurts men as yeah, just like it hurts women. Let's freaking do it, man. And the thing is too, right? I don't ever look at patriarchy as necessarily the man. I look at it as the idea of what a man should be. And so I've always looked at it as this like hyper macho thing where it's like men shouldn't have long hair and I work with my bare hands. You know, it's any sign of emotion or femininity is poo-pooed. That old paradigm needs to go bye-bye. It's not going to fit in this new world. Well, yeah. Well, all of these rules and regulations were built hundreds of years ago. So I don't like that. That's, and that's my big thing with religion. I'll get off that box in a sec. But like, I just, I am so baffled with how we are literally just sticking our heads in the sand and so unwilling to change the things that this country was once founded on. But this country is such a different place now. How are we not changing the rules of the game? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That makes absolutely no sense to me. We've evolved. Do you know this book? No, I don't know that book. Dance of the Dissident down. Daughter, Sue Monk Kid. It is so good. So she was super, super religious. And I, I don't know if you know this about me, but I left a cult-like religion at 19 and lost my family, my friends, everything, moved 3,000 miles away across the country to kind of start my life. So anyway, in this book, she was super religious and decided this didn't work anymore. And she is about kind of smashing the patriarchy and finding her womanly place in the world. And it is so good, you know, seeing God as a woman or seeing God as non-binary and Oh my God. It's so good. So Sumont Kid, Dance of the Dissonant Daughter. I highly recommend it. This conversation was really enlightening. It was really good. I was looking forward to it. It did not disappoint. And <laughs> I just feel like other people need to find you. Where can we find you? That's, <laughs> the, so the, that's the just simplest in the simplest terms, right? How can we find you? 
And do you have anything fun coming up that we should keep our little peepers out for? Besides Podfest, since we will I mean, be there with Pod you. Fest, Podfest, party. I mean, we're going to have some fun. So, okay, where can people find me? I'm pretty much everywhere as Tiffany Kane, T-I-P-H-A-N-Y-K-A-N-E. So I'm on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, all the places. I don't, I'm not super active on all the socials. Probably Facebook and Insta is my most active. I have a website that I haven't updated in probably five months months. That is super out of date, but it's also tiffanykane.com. And I do have some exciting things coming up. Two really big, exciting things. Cause why have just one? I'm teaching a course called Heck Yes, Be Too Much with my friend, Jody Riddick, who is the Be Too Much coach. And I'm the Heck Yes coach. And so we're doing a three-day workshop, Heck Yes, Be Too Much, which is fantastic. And I'm so excited about, and then I'm also launching a podcast course called Launching and Leveraging Podcast Accelerator. So we're going to help people not only launch, but accelerate accelerate their podcast out there and that good stuff. So yeah, that's all coming up this month. <laughs> Doing all the I things. I mean, geez, <laughs> do less. Good God. I love it. You know what? Hey, kudos to you. There's got to be the balance of people who do it all. And then those of us who take the reins when the do it allers are like, okay, I got to take a breath. And we're like, all right, we're here. We've been, re- we've been resting for three weeks for this one day. So everyone's got their place. I love it. All the links will be in the description below. And if you don't know friends, our cycle cats, we like to call you. We do have a website. If you don't know about it, go check it out. It's www.cyclechats.com dot com and it's got a blog and a bunch of other fun little interactive tools and so get on our mailing list so you can get updates on all of the fun new <clears throat> merchandise things that we have coming out soon we're really excited about that youtube youtube oh let me tell <laughs> sounds you sounds like you we're... guys update your 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 website more often than i do so you've got that you've got yes, that on. I, I cracked that whip and made stephanie work six hours straight on that website at my dining room <laughs> table and she turned it out i did to be <laughs> fair you want to help me? I mean, hey, listen, <laughs> we'll talk. So bad. We'll, we'll talk I still have like the first five episodes I ever did on my website and I'm at episode 90. So I mean, I can help you. Bad. We can talk off the podcast. <laughs> I'm totally available to assist with whatever information you need because I love it. I have a lot of fun with it. So without further ado, I guess that's the phrase. I just, my brain is so filled with knowledge and it's spilling out of every orifice and I cannot make left and right of it. I've got to sleep on it. But thank you so much, Tiffany for joining us today. We really appreciate you taking our time to come talk to us. And we sincerely hope anybody listening syncs up with us next time. <laughs>